0: Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Suzanne Blumson. Today we're looking at the electric scooter craze that has taken hold in the US in cities from Washington to San Francisco. Tim Bradshaw talks to Malcolm Moore about the appeal of the scooter and whether the e-scooter craze will catch on in Europe.
1: So, Tim, you've been living in Los Angeles and you've been getting around on an electric scooter have.
0: It's where it all began. Why on earth would you do that? You've visited LA, right? You've seen the traffic. Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever tried to walk anywhere in LA? It's a hazardous thing. So the only non-car way of getting around that's considered socially acceptable in LA in 2018 is an electric scooter. It's bizarre. What about bikes? Well, there are many reasons why people consider the electric scooter to be easier to use than a bike. One of them is you you don't don't have to pedal. pedal. The other one is that not that many people have bikes that they take out on city streets. I tried cycling in L.A., specifically in Venice, where I was, and it's there is definitely a laziness factor in adopting the electric scooter. You just sort of stand there on this two-wheeled flying carpet that takes you to where you want to go and occasionally wears out your thumb from holding down the accelerator. But uh, other than that, it's a very relaxed and easygoing way of getting somewhere, which is very L.A., There is a huge convenience factor for people who would not previously have considered riding or buying a bike around LA, which is that suddenly all of these scooters, first by Bird and then by a number of other companies, Lime, now Uber and Lyft, uh, putting these things literally in front of you as you walk down the sidewalk and you rent them with an app on your smartphone. They cost a couple of bucks and they sort of went from being this curiosity. I remember the first time I saw a few of them going around, I was like, what is this bird thing why is everyone buying these bird scooters and then i realized they weren't buying them they were just there and they appeared and they multiplied and now there are hundreds of them particularly across the west side in venice and santa monica and people use them all the time tourists use them because they zip up and down the beachfront people use them to commute people use them to get between meetings i used them when i realized i was too far away to walk to a meeting and i was definitely going to be late and if i tried to call an uber it would have been a mile but you can jump on a scooter and be there and five or ten minutes for those kinds of little in between journeys it fills a gap
1: these scooter companies that you've mentioned they've raised a lot of money to roll out and they're worth billions do we know how many people are
0: using them every day we don't know how many people are using them every day bird has said that they have a couple of million people taking rides regularly i don't know if we have an equivalent number for lime which is their main competitor But they have collectively done more than 20 million rides in their first year of operations. And they are now each in more than 100 cities, both across the US and starting to expand around Europe and other parts of the world as well. And the reason that they are worth billions is because investors have seen staggering growth numbers, the likes of which have not been seen before, so their investors tell me. And so the excitement around them is that when people do find these scooters plonked on the pavement in front of them, those that do not get angry about them impeding their walkway are getting on them and using them a lot and in quite enthusiastic numbers. And how
1: much does it cost to take a scooter journey? Let's say it was a 10-minute trip from your home to your office. How much would it be? A couple of bucks. So significantly cheaper than a car.
0: Yes, it's significantly cheaper than a car for that kind of journey. If you're going for half an hour, you may end up spending about as much as you would have done if you would got in a car. But you get to stand with the wind in your hair and occasionally risk life and limb getting there in the sunshine, which obviously works better in LA than it might do in London, where we are right now, where there is weather. But yeah, it's price competitive because they tend to be much shorter distances. But enough of those... Uber and Lyft ride-sharing journeys are short distances that those companies got sufficiently worried about scooters eating into their business that they've decided to launch them themselves.
1: What are the rules
0: on using a scooter? Do different cities have different rules? When you sign up for Birdle Lime, you know, you're asked to sign up with your phone number and a credit card. You're also required to scan your driving license because you have to be over 18 in California at least, and licensed to drive a motorized vehicle, even though it's a tiny electric thing, it still counts. At the moment, you're required to wear a helmet and you're asked not to scooter on the pavement and stick to bike lanes. I would say that not all of those rules are evenly enforced by the scooter companies themselves. There are problems with teenage users using them. There are problems, certainly with many people riding on the pavements, which infuriates pedestrians. And... I was probably one of about six people I ever saw wearing a helmet. The law is changing in California, partly after lobbying by Bird to remove the requirement for a helmet so that they are classed more as a bicycle, where you are not legally required to wear a helmet, than a motorised vehicle. But how fast do they go? They go about 15 miles an hour, sometimes a little faster, sometimes a little slower if the battery is running out. But they go at a decent clip. You find yourself overtaking leisurely cyclists.
1: So if you're not wearing a helmet and you're moving at 15 miles an hour and you're in the road and and cars aren't used to you anyway, are they safe?
0: One of the interesting things about Lyft and Uber getting into this is one of the biggest complainants I found about scooters were Uber and Lyft drivers, who are suddenly having to deal with thousands of these little two-wheeled things. And a lot of the people who are getting on Bird and Lime scooters, as we were saying, were not typically people who would ride bikes and so may not be terribly familiar with how to behave on those kinds of vehicles it's also quite hard to do things like hand signaling when one of your hands is on the brake and the other one is on the accelerator and if you let go of the handlebars you tend to fall off so there is a big problem with safety and part of the problem is cars and drivers and them not being either sufficiently alert to these new people that they're sharing the road with. I think any cyclist you ask would be very familiar with that problem and find that cars are generally quite a terrifying thing to be around on the roads. But there is also very much a problem with the people using these new forms of transport who are not really caring what might happen to them, perhaps because they're just not aware of it. I mean, I came a cropper, I have to confess, on a scooter on the pothole and landed on my hands. It was slightly painful for a while, but it didn't cause me any permanent injuries. There are a growing number of reports of people who have been injured rather worse either because they've been hit by cars because they have come off on a pothole because they found that the brakes didn't work on the scooter when they expected them to or other things happen on the road and when you're traveling at that kind of speed you can definitely do yourself a serious injury and there have been a couple of people killed while using scooters and the personal injury lawyers that I've spoken to say in Santa Monica where Bird first launched just over a year ago they've seen a big increase in the number of people looking to try and claim back some kind of compensation for being injured on a scooter.
1: How are the scooter companies responding then?
0: Scooter companies have put more information in their apps and when you sign up for the services and start riding to try and tell you the rules of the road. Please wear a helmet. Please don't cycle on the pavement. Please use these bike lanes when they're available. Some of the scooze companies take all of their vehicles off the roads at night. It's obviously safer not to ride in the dark. But there are also questions, I think, around where the responsibility for maintenance of these vehicles lies. If you read the small print of Bird's terms and conditions, you realise that you as a rider are responsible for checking that the vehicle works properly before you rent it. They also employ contractors to charge and maintain the vehicles. The chargers are asked to give these things the once-over before they put them out first thing in the morning for people to use. And then users can also report when something is broken to Bird or themselves and then they send out one of these mechanics to try and fix them. But because there are so many people slightly charged with doing this, it's not totally clear whether anyone is really taking ownership of that. And certainly the lawyers that I speak to feel that Burden line could be doing more to make sure that the vehicles that they are renting work properly. The analogy that one of them used was if you were going to a hire car company and they gave you a car that didn't have brakes that worked, you might reasonably feel that was inappropriate or dangerous. Right.
1: We're talking in London now. Can you see scooters coming here or elsewhere in Europe? I think there are some already in Paris.
0: There are quite a lot in Paris. Yeah, Paris was the first place that Burden line Lime launched in Europe. They have popped up in other places in, I think, Vienna. I think they're looking at parts of Germany, Spain, Scandinavia. And both companies want to launch in the UK at the moment, the scooter vehicle itself is not street legal. It falls into the same gap that Segways fell into when they sort of launched a decade or so ago, which is that they are a powered vehicle. And so they're not allowed on the pavement, but they don't have a number plate. So they're not allowed on the roads. So they're neither one nor the other. And so the problem is the Highways Act. I think the British government is a little preoccupied, by Brexit at the moment in terms of changing the rules of the road and is therefore not perhaps paying the urgent attention that these startups would wish it to around changing the law. So it remains unclear Exactly how soon we'll be seeing the streets of London populated with hundreds of scooters in the way that they have in Venice and San Francisco and Washington, D.C. But they're certainly coming. And they're going to other parts of the world too. Bird and Lime have just announced that they're launching in Mexico City. They're looking at other parts of Latin America as well. We've reported that they're looking at Asia. Singapore is a very big hub of electric scooter usage at the moment. Tel Aviv also. It's certainly a form of transport that consumers seem to really like, despite the potential risks.
1: So just because you brought it up, though, are they likely to be like the Segway and disappear? Or is this a craze that do you think is going to continue and we're all going to be riding scooters soon enough and give up our cars?
0: Well, one of the wonderful things is that the company that makes most of the scooters that are currently in use is Segway. There's a Chinese startup called Ninebot, which bought Segway a few years ago, and they now produce the electric scooters that many of these companies use. And so there is a little coincidence there. Having got used to having these things around and using them a lot in a year in LA, I'm biased to the extent that I bought one. So I'm not biased to Bird or Lime, but I am biased to the Segway model that I bought off Amazon. I think it's a great way of getting around. it. I will be the first to admit that it's lazy. And I know if I get on a bike, my legs are a little bit more strained than they might otherwise have been after 10 years of cycle commuting. But I wouldn't have a bet against giving people a very, very easy way of doing something. There is a huge congestion problem in, name it, any city at the moment, but particularly California, where a lot of these companies are and where tech companies have the resources to invest in solving the traffic problem and so there's certainly a lot of investment betting that this is not just a fad.
1: Okay well there you have it prepare yourselves for Scootopia. Thanks very much Tim. Thank you Mark.
0: That was Tim Bradshaw talking to Malcolm Moore. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more news tomorrow but in the meantime if you're not already a subscriber and would like to discover more FT content take a look at our latest subscription offers at ft.com slash offer.